Hello friends and welcome to episode number 119 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's me, Patrick, here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, Earth, the solar system. You get the drill, you know where I am, and I know where you are, and it's going to be checking us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. I wanted to get that out of the way right away because I hate that line. <laughs> Justin, you are in Saskatchewan, uh, the bustling metropolis that is Saskatoon. How are you doing? I'm just trying to stay inside today. We've got blizzarding conditions. Get this. It was 15 degrees yesterday, and now it's the opposite, and we have a blizzard. This is What's the opposite of 15? Smarch weather. Negative 15, Patrick. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. We're going on, on an integer scale. Okay, that wasn't apparent from the beginning. Um, <laughs> we had rain and snow and all that crap today, and we also had nice weather, um, as we always do in uh, in Halifax, uh, where it rains 80% of the time. Um, Let's stop boring what? the people with uh, with. I know. Guess what, Justin? <laughs> Spring training is done. We're done with uh, pretending that like these games don't mean anything to us. The regular yeah. season is three days away, I guess two. It's like three sleeps away, I guess. Right? <laughs> Thursday morning, afternoon, yeah. Yeah, baseball. I'm so excited, man. The regular season is coming, and the Toronto Blue Jays are going to win the World Series this year. You heard it from me <laughs> first. Justin, do you have any counterpoints? No, um, but we'll get to the game recaps later on and we'll wrap up the last week of spring training. We'll talk about some guys who impressed us or the opposite didn't impress us. But first, making his triumphant return to the BFMD podcast once again is uh, Chris Henderson of Jay's Journal. Of course, Chris is the co-editor. He's a contributor there at the journal. Uh, Baseball for Brains, his Twitter handle. He's an excellent country musician here in Saskatchewan and friend of the show. Hendo, I don't know how many times you've been on now, but we're happy to have you back once again. A handful now, but hey, you keep inviting me back, so what the heck? Here yeah, we, we get good <laughs> we get good listens when you come on, so you're, you're an analytics darling. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Your spin rate's off the charts. Uh, oh, but uh, we, we're bringing you on today. We like doing these kind of season preview uh episodes with you since you bring a, a perspective that we don't often have because we tend to agree with each other a lot and we bring you on because you tend to go the opposite way of us sometimes which is great Perfect. radio but uh <laughs> we're gonna do so we're gonna change it up a little bit today in the, in the past we've just kind of rattled off a list of topics we've gone through some questions but we're gonna kind of do like a little almost like a debate style thing today i'm gonna keep a loose timer going so uh we don't rabbit hole on things because we've tended to do that in the past <laughs> but I'm going to give you guys plenty of time to make some counterpoints and arguments if you need them. But let's get right into some hot topics. The The big question on Blue Jays Twitter right now that hasn't been answered yet today is George Springer. How concerned are we about this oblique injury? And what do you think the timeline is? When do you expect to see Springer back? Hendo, I'm going to throw it to you first. I'm not very concerned about it at the moment, but I will be if I see him out there on Thursday. Um, you know, the guy's uh, on the wrong side of 30, and this is uh, the wrong way to start a six-year, $150 million contract is to play through a muscle injury like this. So if he's going to – if they're going to be smart about it, which I think they will be, um, you know, and sit him down for 
in my mind, I think you got to give it at least two weeks. You know, they're talking about being ready, but it, you know, look, looking at the way Aaron Judge has struggled with oblique injuries, to, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, um, it's just not worth it to mess around. So I, I'm hoping we don't see him till mid April. Yeah, remember this was the injury that kept Vladdy Guerrero out of the 2019 season when he took an oblique injury in spring. Obviously, people are people are always like, "Oh, but Teoscar came back in two weeks last year. It must be the same thing." Uh, it's not. Every every oblique injury is different. Depends what part of the oblique you strain, what the grade is. This is a grade two, so it's a moderate sprain right. or strain. Sorry, I was looking up some on some medical journals, actual reputable sites. And some people say it's as many as like two to three months for like a average everyday normal person. Obviously Springer was playing through this, so it can't be that bad, but yeah, you're right. The Jays got to hold them back. Um, Patrick, do you want to see Springer out there on a Thursday or do you agree with uh, kind of the, the consensus on the show so far that he needs to be held back? Yeah. Sit him. There's no reason to, to aggravate an injury any further let 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 the man heal. I mean, we've already got uh, elite defender Jonathan Davis uh, to step in as our fourth outfielder. Uh, I, I'm good with that. And we still have Grichik. We still have Teoscar Hernandez. We still have uh, hashtag Pena Power, uh, Lord <laughs> Guriel Jr. in left field. I'm I'm excited about this team, and I know Springer will play at least 130 games this year. So whatever, whether or not it's now or later just sit the man let him let him rest yeah let's let's flip let's flip to the mound here um tj zoik made the team he did not have a great start in the final uh, grapefruit league game um is he capable of being a big league starter with, with while he lacks this this swing and a miss kind of stuff is does he have what it, does he have what it takes frankly to be a big league starter patrick i'll go to you first this time um, I am a big fan of TJ Zoic. Uh, I like what he is capable of doing. Why? Uh, I was, <laughs> that's a great, que- that's a great question that I can't quantify. Um, I'll just say that I, I like these undertog type guys who don't come with overwhelming, uh, you know, flame throwing fastballs. I like guys who are capable of more complex methods of pitching you know the type, the Tom Glavin type, uh, who can throw junk uh, to try to get a guy out. Um, he doesn't I have am, junk, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit worried uh, because he hasn't faced, uh, you know, stiff competition. Uh, and he got roasted today, uh, which is March 29th, uh, in his final uh, preseason game. It was actually the Jays' final preseason game, but... Um, He'll be fine. He'll do a spot start. Robbie Ray will be back, and uh, all will be well. We just need w- one one game out of him. Really. That didn't answer my question, though, Patrick. I asked if he was capable of oh. being a big league starter. What do you want me to say? I want you to be truthful with me, Patrick. <laughs> I my think, answer to that. Yeah, go ahead, Patrick. <laughs> I, I I think I think that his his spot start that he will make uh, will be exciting, and that's all I'm going to say. Hendo. <laughs> What do you got? Yeah, you know what? I, I look at him as a guy that will be a solid AAA depth arm. Um, he'll be a guy that comes in and does a spot start here and there, and if his sinker's working on a given day, then then the Blue Jays should be able to you know, score enough runs to hopefully win during his starts. But I, no, I don't think he... I don't think his future is as a full-time starting pitcher in, yeah. in the big leagues. I don't think so. 
I'm 100% with you there. Um, just he, he doesn't lack anything, but he doesn't have anything besides that sinker. And like That's, you said, it, it's exactly got to be right. working for him to even have success. It, it yeah. wasn't working today. And, and I think if he shelled. if he developed like a, a good slider or something like that, then then maybe even but, a changeup. Um, yeah, but uh, right now I just kind of look at him and you know the, a one pitch pitcher. You know, there's only so many Mariano Rivera's, and otherwise <laughs> yeah. these guys are just too good to know what's coming. <laughs> I think uh, I saw a tweet today that uh, Travis Bergen had thrown 55 pitches in the grapefruit league and they were all four seam fastballs but he's striking out like <laughs> i think he struck out 15 batters or something so if it ain't broke but uh wow. yeah <laughs> it was an interesting uh interesting tweet that i saw today um sticking with the rotation nate pearson as of the 27th which was two days ago uh he was only a long tossing hasn't thrown a bullpen yet that may come later this week um the timeline for building him up to a capacity of even like 80 to a hundred pitches is probably like four to six weeks at this point. Um, does this delayed start allow for the team to just turn him loose when he's ready or will he still be on an innings, any innings pitched limit? Hendo, what do you got? It just really depends on how long it takes for him to get back. I think if I remember right, I think his career high for a season is 101.2 innings. If I'm remembering that. Yeah. And that was in 2019. Right. So, I mean, I, I would say in a best-case scenario, he's going to throw 120, 130 innings this year. Um, so, I mean, if he makes it back in April, then they're going to have to manage manage things a little bit a little bit more. But if it takes, you know, till mid-May or something like that, then I, I wrote an article maybe a month ago or so, or around the time that he originally went down before he re-aggravated everything and just said yeah. it could be a weird little blessing in disguise. And not that having an injury to a premium player is ever a good thing, but... Um, you know, as we saw with Aaron Sanchez in the past and trying to manage an innings limit um, for a major league pitcher and, you know, whether you're flipping them back and forth in the bullpen and the rotation, it's not ideal. So um, if he can start in mid-May and just throw every five days for the rest of the season, that'd be kind of good, actually. Patrick? Triple A. You've been pretty adamant on this. I don't understand why we need to try to shove him into the lineup. Uh, I, I understand that he is a top prospect in baseball, uh, but what value is there in trying to rush this uh, young man back from an injury that's clearly worse than what anybody thought it was, uh, only to stuff him into a lineup where, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't know where he fits into it. Is he supposed to be our number two guy? Is he supposed to be our number three guy? Uh, he didn't look great last year, and I, I'm just being honest. Uh, he has limited AAA experience. Um, this is a bad injury, um, whether we like it or not. I just think it's a good idea to put him in AAA and give him a chance to uh, rehab whatever this injury is. Maybe a July call-up if we're in desperate need, but why rush it? Is he a better pitcher than Tanner Roark right now, though? What yes. thousand percent. I'm a better pitcher than Tanner Roark. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's 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 probably true. And and, that, and that's my argument is that he's a better option than what we have. He's, is he though? He's definitely yes. a better option than Tanner Roark, Patrick. Is he better than Trent Thornton, who already has more experience than he has? Yes, yes, he, he is. doesn't. He see, you yeah. don't know that because he he does he doesn't have fifty innings of MLB experience. Yeah, but the do you stuff remember is Ricky there. Romero? 
I do remember, do you remember Dustin he was McGowan? also very good, but then got washed up because the team around him was terrible. Dustin I'm, McGowan can stay healthy. That's not a good. I'm comparison. just saying, why rush Nate Pearson? What's the rush? Are I don't we... think they're. I don't think the rush. I don't think they are rushing him anymore. What is he? Twenty five now. But why not give him a chance to build up in AAA? He's good. That's where he's going to build up, though, because by the time he's ready to start pitching in games, the it's going to be May fourth and the Marley, or May fifth, and the minor league season is going to be kicking off. That's but why not leave start. him? But why not leave him there and face quality opposition? So, it's not though. It's AAA. He, he, what if he's what if he's pitching seven innings every time and striking out eight guys and not giving up any runs? You're gonna say well, then keep you him call there him for up. the full season? No, then you call him up then. But I mean, yeah. if this team is twenty games above five hundred without Nate Pearson and it's July, they're and... not going to be twenty games above five hundred without I'm Nate d- Pearson, though. They're not going to be twenty games above five hundred. <laughs> okay, all that, this that, that's <laughs> that's fair. But the point I'm getting at is, what what is the 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 logic reason of rushing a player who's already been injured twice uh, in his young career, uh, and the injury is clearly worse than it than it was previously reported? Since he's not even long tossing, or he's only yeah. long tossing, I just don't. I just want to understand the logic of like we have to get Nate Pearson into this lineup, otherwise we're gonna what miss Patrick, a wild card. You I, said the I Jays think... are gonna win the World Series off at this year off the top of the episode, and you now you're saying that we don't <laughs> need Nate Pearson. I'm sa- no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, first of all, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> set, hey, uh, you set, said it. <laughs> Second of all, how dare, how dare you? you use my words against me? <laughs> how no, dare really, I use the in all in all seriousness, I this team is very good without Nate Pearson. I think they can make Disagree. the playoffs without Nate Pearson. I don't think Nate Pearson is our MVP. I don't even think he would be our third best pitcher if he were to come back this so, year. So I'm I'm curious, like who who do you who is our bet top three starting pitchers? Our Besides top three Ryu, start- obviously. I would say, well, okay. Well, Rio is obviously first. Second place is obviously uh, uh, Robbie Ray. <laughs> you took right? a second to think about that. <laughs> no, I was. I, I, I know. Think, I, I had I something know. in my eye. Why are you guys picking on me? <laughs> Jesus. Because we're angry that it's snowing again. And yeah. We're, both... <laughs> we're a little bit peeved. I wanted to go for a run outside this morning, and that didn't happen. Yeah, you know what? That's totally that's totally fair. Um, all right, so we uh, Ryu, Ray, and I. I know you're. I know you guys are gonna hate me for saying this, but I am more confident in Steven Matz than I was uh, when we first signed him. Well, I just your credit, your opinion just lost all credibility in my eyes. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not that gonna be that mean, but uh, <laughs> Matz has had a great spring. I mean, yeah. I think. You're gonna be really angry at him by about end of May, because he's just not that good of a pitcher. Yeah, well, like we'll have you back in May, and then when <laughs> you'll get your chance. And, to and say I'll say I, I was so. right and you were wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Sing me I was right song. That's I'm totally I'm totally down for that. I'm just trying to be optimistic, and I just don't I just don't want to rush Nate Pearson. Optimistic? You're shitting on Nate Pearson. I'm not kidding on Nate Pearson. Give me a second. I'm putting a reminder in my calendar for late May uh, to get Hendo back on. I just, I just don't want to rush his return. That's all. Let's just, let's just say. I, I agree with you know the one thing I will say with you, Patrick, is I agree. I think he, I think, provided um, the rest of the depth arms um, can buy him some time. I think it would be ideal if he could kind of get into a groove um, and make a few starts in AAA. I don't think he should stay there longer than. 
than he needs to build up his arm strength. Maybe but four starts. Max. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Actually, you know, like just allow him to get into a groove. Yeah. Um, and just sort of you know feel good before he goes up there. I agree with you that rushing him back isn't imperative. And but um, yeah, I mean we definitely definitely need him if we're going to make the playoffs or have a chance of winning a game in the playoffs that Ryu isn't starting. I think right, we need I'll, Pearson. I'll concede the rest of the way. I'll I think we need Pearson by like June 10th. That would be like what I would say like the the cutoff is for us having it's a competitive season and we've and we've got to be like 500 around then to even like have a shot at playoffs. See, and I don't like I don't view him as like a savior. No, god no. Means. Um like I view him like you know, I look at this guy. I view like him as a way Mats. to get Tanner Roark out of the rotation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and even Matt's like, you know, I I feel like Matt's good nights are going to be when the Blue Jays win six to four. You know, so Pearson's going to have some bad nights, but he's going to win some games too, just with that arm. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. I'm. You know, I'm not trying to be too hard on Nate Pearson. I'm just, I'm really worried. I, I, it's like I, it's Ricky Romero is the only name yeah. that I keep thinking about. I'm terrified of, of, of a, a player getting burnt out. Remember Gustavo Chassin with the fancy Remember Jesse Lich? Yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm, just, saying, I'm thinking of more like right-handers like McGowan and Brandon Morrow and you know Kyle Drabeck, right-handers and Kyle Drabeck's and God. I'm just scared. I'm just scared of a quality player getting uh, getting Brandon Morrow rushing him back. That's uh, all. I, I I had such high hopes for Brandon Morrow. I bought a jersey of his. Oh, he was good. Day. He was yeah. he was amazing. Yeah, one hit the Rays like well, fourteen strikeouts or something crazy. But yeah, um, Nate Pearson's going. Oh, I I let us go a long time on that one because that was a good that was a good. Topic. It was fun. It was funny. <laughs> all right, funny. so uh, building off of that, scale of one to ten, confidence level in the rotation going into the season. Hendo. Um, three. Patrick. Uh, are we assuming like all things equal, like the peak version of it based no, like on what the, the, this rotation we have now? Like not including Nate Pearson or the rotation Nate we Pearson? have now. <laughs> Four. Yeah, I'm. I'm a three. One as point well. <laughs> for Ryu. One point for Ray. Half a point for Mats and half a point for TJ Zoy because just I don't care. <laughs> it's just, is that, is I that just New don't Brunswick have... math there? Or... <laughs> Yes, your your math just added up to our score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, two, it should have been two points for Ryu. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There we go. There we I'm go. getting three points for Hanjin Ryu, and the rest of the rotation doesn't get any points from me uh, yeah. in terms of like full season confidence level. And even so, I'm I'm super concerned about injuries this year. We played 60 games last year, guys. All of our pitchers are at least a year and a half removed from throwing a, a season of more than like yeah. 120 innings, which brings me to my next question. <laughs> What's the over under on starting pitchers that Jay has used this year? Not counting openers. Uh, I'm saying the over under at 10. Are we over or under 10 starting pitchers used? Over. Oh man. I'll take the under on that just to be, just to be spicy. I could see, it depends on. Um, I will I bet guess... you we can set the over under at twelve, and I'll still take the over. Nice. <laughs> Holy crap! You know what? You know what would really solve all of our problems, guys. Let's just package up uh, Moreno and Jordan Groshans and just deal them to Cincinnati for Luis Castillo. Problem solved. Rotation all of a sudden becomes, you know, for confidence level for me would go to like a seven. 
just from that move alone. I, I don't understand why they're not doing that, knowing that Castillo is probably not going to get signed long term. Yeah, I, I, I think the Reds were kind of reluctant to deal him. Yeah, they don't want to play ball right now. That's the which I don't get. Is it. Weird that because you know, they, they trade everyone their else. Other <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, National depending on the price. Yeah, depending on the price, I mean, he'd be a pretty unreal guy to add to the rotation for sure. Yeah, none of us can argue against you on that one, Patrick. Um. It's just no. It's just like that's the thing is like I was waiting all summer, or yeah. well, or sorry, not summer, the all off season for them all to make that power year. move. Yeah, to get, to bring in somebody to bolster the rotation, and the answer was Stephen Matz, who I know I previously praised, but I'm also gonna. You know, I giveth and I taketh. He's uh, not the he, like, like we said with Pearson. He's not a savior. <laughs> yeah, he's not the right. answer to our problems. Our problems is we don't have anybody uh, dazzling on the same level as Ryu, and that scares me. And it should scare you too. If if we yeah. can get even if we get 2019 Stephen Matz, where he had like the 421 ERA and through 160 innings. Oh hell yeah! That's the Stephen Matz that we need. Is like like oh, Hendo yeah, said, we can we. We can win six to four with with Matt's giving up those four runs over six innings because our our offense is going to score most nights. So unless Garrett yeah. Cole is pitching against us, and, then and you we know, can't and score I'm picking, anything. I'm picking on the guy. Like I don't actually hate him as much as I'm making it sound like. <laughs> like I think we, f- we figured okay four or five starter, and but that's I just, yeah, it was such an underwhelming. You know, it it bothered me less that they got him than it did that they took on his whole five million five point two million dollar salary that yeah. was the part where i just banged my head against the wall i was like why i don't they were probably it, like but... well we already fleeced you for simeon woods richardson and anthony k so we might as well give you uh give you throw you a bone here in new york no you'd <laughs> fleece him again <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just like steve cohen he seems like a good guy but uh <laughs> yeah. i disagree i would love to punch that guy right in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll love to see it anyway see that's why you bring me on so i can talk that's why you bring you on threaten yeah. steve cohen steve cohen on the blue jays podcast yeah. uh <laughs> let's let's go let's go behind the dish now um alejandro kirk has made the team danny jansen is still our number one catcher to start the year but how what is the length of danny jansen's leash offensively uh assuming kirk continues to hit so well how long until he overtakes Danny Jansen as the the de facto number one catcher on this team? Uh, Hendo, I'll go to you first. I don't. I'm going to make a bit of a bold prediction. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I don't think Kirk is good enough to be the everyday catcher on defense yet, and he's got some incredibly like exciting raw tools as a hitter as well. But I mean, he doesn't have any experience above high A other than what we saw last year. Cup and of coffee. Yeah, and I mean, he's going to learn some hard lessons. The pitchers in the big leagues are going to adjust to him. We've seen it a million times with prospects that come up and they hit incredibly well for the first month or two, and then the league goes, oh, he can't hit a slider, and then yep. they throw him nothing but sliders. And so... Um, cough, cough, uh, Reese McGuire. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and exactly. Reese McGuire was exciting. You know, we were debating, you know, if he was the starting catcher going into yeah, last cause season. because he, he hit like 300 or something. Yeah, he was, he was excellent in 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, there, I, I think Kirk is a way higher ceiling than, than Reese McGuire or even Danny Jansen. But, but to expect him to be the catcher for game one of the playoffs this year, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think he'll be a, a nice piece that starts a couple days a week. Uh, and I still would much prefer to have him in AAA if it was up to me. 
Yeah. Patrick, what do you think about Chance and Kirk? Um, yeah, no, I'm just going to go ahead and agree with Hendo on this one. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get roasted again. No, of course not. (laughs) No, but in truth, in truth, I think Danny Jansen has a very long leash. Uh, even if his offense is floating around 200, hell I'll take a Danny Jansen who hits 200. It's better than Danny Jansen hitting a buck 50, uh, and can't, you know, hit the ball out of the infield. Um, he, hey, was he, hits, he hits fly balls play. that are lazy all the time. Give him some it's respect. Just, <laughs> it's just, it was rough last year and he wasn't yeah. that great in spring training. Uh, Kirk is obviously a great hitter. I personally prefer my catchers to be Mike Piazza rather than Pudge Rodriguez uh, when it comes to what part of their game shines the most. Um, but Danny Jansen uh, has been working with all these guys uh, for a lot longer than Kirk has. He's got a strong... Uh, a strong relationship with uh, with Ryu and Ryu's our star and I don't know it just I'm fine with Danny Jansen having a long leash and I'll yeah. say this too um, Pat Borders is on base percentage for 1992 and 1993 combined was 288 yeah and Danny near <laughs> and he's nowhere near the defender he was nowhere near the defender that Danny Jansen is either yeah. so you don't have to have premium offense from nine spots when the other eight are borderline all-stars. Thank you. Tell that to Blue Jays Twitter. My God, they've been roasting Danny Jansen this year. <laughs> um, as the as the president, CEO, and founding member, I'm also the treasurer of the Danny Jansen fan club. I endorse this message. Um, <laughs> Kirby Yates, he's gone. Like won't, We won't ever see him in a Blue Jay uniform. Um, with Yates gone, who's going to close the most games for us this year? Patrick, I'll go to you first. We're going to close by committee. It's going to be a majority Jordan or not a majority rather the, the highest percentage of games that we close will be Jordan Romano uh, followed by a 20 way tie between <laughs> Do- Dolis, Baraki, Chatwood. It just, it's not going to matter. We're going to do it all by committee based on circumstances. Anyway, we kind of saw that uh, mostly uh, last season. Anyway, I don't think this team needs to have a guy to go out and get 40 saves. We were able to be pretty effective when Ken Giles was injured. Uh, the Kirby Yates, it, it, it sucks. It's a, it's a significant loss. It was a high risk, uh, high reward signing. It didn't pan out for us. Uh, we pay him the money and then I don't know, maybe we take a flyer on him next year. Who knows? Hey but, man, you don't need saves to do in every game 10 to four. <laughs> Chicks Who take the saves? long ball. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we'll close by committee with Romano being like the one who has the 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 highest percentage of shares on closing. You, you took a long but, a long answer just to say Romano, Patrick. Oh, <laughs> my question was who closes the most games. Not if we close by committee. <laughs> That's not interesting radio you're though. So, if I just say Jordan Romano and then move on. You're really politicizing this debate with these long political answers, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. Uh, Hendo, who closes the most games? <laughs> Jordan Romano. Is it even close <laughs> between him and the next guy? Um, I, I think he gets the first chance at it. How and, long is his uh, leash? I, it should be long. Yeah. I think it should be really long. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, as long as any closer gets, right? I mean, that's kind of one of the more volatile positions in sports. Um, so, I mean, I think he deserves to have the first shot at it. He's got the right mentality. He's got the skill set. He throws hard. He's a 
crazy person in the bullpen. I love every second of watching him get ready mentally and physically. Yeah, he's a psychopath, and I love it. And, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and I think he's the perfect guy for it. In fact, I wrote an article a month or two ago saying that I thought he would take Yates' job before the end of the year. Um, Ooh, and so now yeah. Yates, has just handed it, Yates has just handed it to him. So um, I say that like Yates just like went and drank in an alley or something. <laughs> but um, He went and uh, did something in a parking yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I but mean, no, I, I think Romano. Let's put it this way: I drafted Jordan Romano for my fantasy league last night. So, yeah, Spicy. I uh, I tried to buy him in our dynasty free agent auction, but some guy was willing to pay like sixty dollars of a of a three hundred and ten cap for him, and I said, "Yeah, that's a you. little that's a little silly." Yeah, yeah. I went and got Dolis for six just as as insurance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> outside of of Jordan Romano, which bullpen arm are you the most confident in? Hendo, you're first this time. Oh, who when who comes into a, a game question. and you don't go? Oh God, this guy again. <laughs> you, you know what? I I like Ryan Brucky. I think he is. Um, yes, I mean, the smartest <laughs> thing that he did was accept the Blue Jays moving him to the bullpen and just accept that his body hated him enough when he tried to be a starting pitcher. But he's he's got fantastic stuff. He's throwing ninety eight now. Exactly. I love and, it. I mean, I think he could. I think he could close a few games and be really good at it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's such a weapon to have. I look at him like an Andrew Miller type. If you remember when he was lighting yes. it up a few years ago. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, he can pitch against righties and lefties and throw really hard. And he's you know he's got a nice slide piece. And I I, li- I really like Ryan. Bradley. He's still got he's that starter's mentality piece. too. So he like, he he understands like pitching and he understands like that he can exert himself more now and not throw totally. 90, 91 miles an hour as Mark Burley 2.0. Um, right. He can throw 98 now and be that gas thrower. And you, you love to see it because his breaking ball is great, obviously, too, which, mm-hmm. which helps. Um, Patrick, is your answer the same as ours? <laughs> no, um, no, but I love Ooh. that answer. I love the answer, Ryan Brucky, because I'm a huge Ryan Brucky stand. Um, <laughs> but my answer is going to be Trent Thornton because he's going to be our long reliever guy. Um, and I'm a huge, he's going to be Tanner Roark's insurance. <laughs> yeah. Basically when Tanner Roark sucks his way out of the rotation, it'll be Trent Thornton, uh, walking through that door going, did I miss this party? Oh God, uh, that's Trent Thornton's music. It is. It's going to be his music. <laughs> What's he doing here? The, running down the ramp and then sliding into the ring and then throwing, throwing some haymakers. That'll be also the top of the second inning every time Roark starts too. Pretty much. Music. No, but I, I like, I like Trent Thornton. He has been fantastic during spring training. Uh, he had a crappy year last year with the injury and all that, but he was a 25 year old rookie and we asked the impossible of him and he still came out looking pretty good. So I'm very confident that he is the tenacious kind of arm that we need in the bullpen, especially in uh, long relief situations. So my answer is Thornton. Yeah, I was, I was, I was gonna say Trent Thornton until you did, but I'm just gonna agree with Hendo and say Baraki because yeah, obviously it's a great choice. We, we know what Baraki can do, and man, give me more lefties, please. Tim Mazin, yes. please, more lefties. I love Mazin in the bullpen. Um, oh, they, just, they just released Liriano. They sure did. I, John, yeah, yeah we saw guys. that. Yeah, we're gonna have to edit our recording because our earlier part we were talking about. Liriano Who's still be on the team. It? Yeah. So now, we're, now we look like assholes. So for people listening, we're going to talk about Liriano in a bit, but just know that we were recording before the Blue Jays announced that. So don't blame us. Blame the Jays. Why can't they make rough? They could have waited till tomorrow. Time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk offense now. We've been talking about pitching and catching long enough, and 
when we're, when we're talking about Danny Jansen, we're not really talking about offense. Um, Rowdy Telez, not a great spring. Hit a home run today, finally, for his first of the spring. Obviously, Biggio's going to play third base. Vladdy's looking confident at third. Um, once Springer returns, there's going to be a, a logjam at designated hitter. My question is about the over-under for at-bats for Atelez. I'm setting it at 400, which is right around where Fangraphs has it. Does he get more or less than 400 at-bats this year? I'm going to take the over just based on health more than anything. Um, if everybody was healthy, it'd be tougher to get him 400 at-bats. It'd be, you know, um, but I think, you know, it's just a matter of time before, you know, Springer's going to miss some time and Gurriel's missed time last yeah. couple of years each year and, and you know i think that the way that the one thing i love about this roster is the way they've set things up my apologies my alarm went off in the background no problem um one thing that i love about this roster is they've kind of set things up so that if any one of them gets hurt they could still kind of roll with most of their best players you know like take springer out of the lineup you throw Grichuk in there and carry on um, yeah you know if uh, you know bgo were to get hurt, you could slide Vlad over to third and, and put Rowdy at first base. My God, on. you know, um, not that I'm cursing any of the these thickest, guys the thickest corner of the infield. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a great defensive alignment, but it would, you know, it would work for a day. The Jays two, have right? never been good defensively as far back as I can remember. So it's it's been a while. They, yeah, there was like half a season with Tulo and Donaldson when they were both healthy. That's true. When they and going, I miss Tulo and Goins rather. Yeah, uh, that was God. like half a season we had we had a good defense yeah was, um yeah. before i before i turn this over to patrick you mentioned guys staying healthy because yeah we're, we're an injury away from ready to getting 600 at bats this season totally like yeah. if 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 a marcus samin or or uh bo bichette goes down then yeah biggio is going to move to to one to, to second base and the other guy will play shortstop so and then that'll be like you said it's gonna open up first base so i mean yeah it, it's an injury away from rowdy um I would take the easy over on this. If there was a prop bet for Eitelis over four hundred over four hundred ABs, I would put my life savings in this. I would, uh, yeah, this is going to the moon, as they say in the stock world. Um, Patrick, <laughs> do you think it's going to go over four hundred or under four hundred? Under. Ooh, Patrick. Under, 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 under. I don't think he'll get very much meaningful DH time. Uh, and I think, look, I love Laddie, but I. I think he's probably going to be mostly first baseman. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. He's in great shape right now. I'm not going to say anything about that. But, like, I just think Rowdy will – he'll be, like, close to 400, but I'll take the under. All right. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez won the Silver Slugger in 2020. Had a great season. He was slowed by that oblique at the end of the year. But was that the real Teoscar Hernandez, or does he revert to more of a 240 hitter rather than a 283 that he was last season? Patrick, you first. This is the real Teoscar Hernandez. There is no regression. No regression. Not even None. a little bit. None. Hendo? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the optimistic side of him. I was going to oh, say man. split the difference, but I... I, you know, I watched him even today and the guy's just not swinging at bad pitches. And I mean, he's going to go through parts of the year where he does swing at bad pitches, but that's, that's the key, man. I mean, last year when he was locked in, he was just waiting for his pitch and then he just unloaded on it. And that's yeah. what I saw from him today. He was just sitting there waiting. Nope. Don't like that one. Nah, not quite. Bam! You yeah. know, and it's just, 
I, I feel like he is locked in on a, in a new way. But do I think he's going to win another Silver Slugger award? No. No. But I think he'll hit 35 home runs and hit 265. And that's an exciting season from, from yeah, the I'll, I'll take that. I, I mean, yeah, he, he stopped swinging at those sliders and curveballs low and away. Um, he stopped but, doing the Joe Carter special. Yeah, yeah. just ate him up. All in the Vernon Wells, as I used to call it, too. Yeah, yeah, that's more my my generation of Blue Jay fan. I'm younger than you guys, Vern. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Kevin Biggio, um, I'm a I'm a huge Statcast guy. I love Statcast. Biggio is by no means a Statcast darling. He does not make a lot of hard contact. He's pretty pull happy. Um, he's been more aggressive this spring, striking out more, still taking his walks. Uh, full-time third baseman by the looks of it with the odd start here and there when they decide to put panic in at third base for somebody else. But uh, a, a season of Biggio here, he hasn't played a full season in the big leagues yet, but what does what does a season look like for Biggio at third base? Do you think he is better offensively than last year, makes more hard contact? What are you guys looking for? Hendo. I think he is – I think he's going to be a nice above average. Can he base. hit the fastball? Yeah, absolutely. He can. <laughs> absolutely. He can. You know, I love that he's being that he's being more aggressive this spring. There was it seemed like the league figured out that he would wouldn't swing at the first pitch last yeah, year. Yeah, he just, just take grooving, everything. grooving him a fastball and on the first pitch of the at bat. And so I like seeing him swinging, uh, you know, swinging a little more aggressively and stuff. But, I, you know, I think he's a, a key hitter in this lineup. And I think he's going to end up being one of the better, one of the more valuable players on the team. Patrick, where does he hit in the lineup? I'll add another question in here. Er, I want him to hit first, but he will hit uh, probably like seventh. Um, there's just no space for him uh, at the with all those juicy hitters that we have. Put him second uh, at the front. No, you gotta have no. Bo second. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I want to see if you would agree with me or not. <laughs> no, you can't trip me up on that one because I would put him at nine. Hell, let Denny Jansen hit eight and turn the lineup over with Biggio or with Biggio. I, that's I that's a very that's what very I would always do at MLB the show. That's that's that like have. the video game lineup when you just like know your catcher can't hit the ball hard enough See, anyway to hit a home run. I like yeah. the the second leadoff hitter in the number five hole. Like I'm for me if I'm that's if I'm if I'm doing the lineup card, I'm going Springer. Um, I'm going Springer, Bichette, Vlad, Teoscar. And that scares mm. the shit out of everybody, the first four hitters. And then start over. And you got Biggio as, an, as another Guriel. kind of guy at the fifth spot. You know, maybe Samian hits six. And you got Guriel and, and Rowdy as your next one, two, oh three, four. Yeah, so you basically um, got two top fours. Yeah, I mean, mm. I, it really depends on matchups and that sort of thing. But, but you know, I, I, I love the idea of Biggio as a one or two hitter. But the more that I've thought about it over the off season, the more I look at um, what Vlad, what Vlad jr. Looks like this spring. Um, yeah. I want to see, I want to see Vlad jr. In the top three more than I want to see Biggio in the top three. I, I would agree with you there too. I came in like wanting Biggio to hit lead off as well. But I mean, when you sign a, a guy like Springer who has such great numbers in the leadoff spot, you can't really take that away from him, especially when you're paying him 150 million bucks. Uh, I hadn't Think really thought of how... him in the fifth hole at all. That's that's super interesting. And I mean, like, even if you've got two of those guys from the top four still on base when you get to him, he's going to get pitches to hit in that fifth spot. Right. And they're not going to be able to dance around him. And he 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 hits balls when they're in the strike zone. He has an, like insane contact numbers. 
just has to hit it hard. And I think once he gets those guys on base, they're not going to be able to dance around him with those breaking balls. They'll start throwing more heaters, and he might be able to turn those around. So I like it. I like the fifth. That's smart. Hendo's playing 3D chess. Think about how (laughs) crazy it is that uh, we have a guy, our our lineup is so stacked that a guy like Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who's 162 game average, is 287 (laughs) career hitter. Yeah, thirty-three home runs, ninety-three RBIs, eight stolen bases. That guy, like that, those kind of stats. OPS eight thirty-six, and we're talking about him being our number six hitter. Yeah, that's how stacked this t- this lineup is. It's lethal. Hot damn! And on a lot of other teams, Guriel would be your three guy, but we have Vladdy, and Vladdy is has the higher ceiling as far as like home run capability and, goes. And taking a walk too, because Guriel hasn't figured how to do that yet. It's it's insane though, like it's insane. He hit 308 last year, and he's gonna be our yeah. number six guy. That's how good our lineup is. That like you said, we had two, we have two. It's almost like one two three four, and then one two three four. There's no break. Right. Well, I mean, if, right. imagine if Semyon turns goes back to his 2018. Matt, this is Hendo. You are the best at segues. A... My God, I was just gonna <laughs> ask that question. I was literally just gonna say the next question on the sheet is: Do we get 2019 or 2020 Marcus Semyon? Which one is it? <laughs> I'll answer and say split the difference again. I don't think yeah, he's the MVP candidate. He's not going to finish top five it, in MVP. Voting. No, but I think he's a lot better than he was last year. And if yep. he's hitting seventh on this team, you know, <laughs> uh, and and you know just having an, a, an above average season, then that's just an embarrassment of riches. And I love that he's there in case Bichette gets hurt, so we have somebody that can be a capable back in the shortstop too. That's uh, it's a very comforting feeling. Yes, please. Um, last two questions, and we can let you go have your dinner. Uh, will we see any of Alec Manoa, Simeon Woods Richardson, Austin Martin, or Jordan Groshans in the MLB uniform this year? Yes or no? I think the two pitchers will be there in August and September, and I think the two offensive guys won't uh, debut till next year. Patrick? Yep, I agree with that. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, everything that we saw from Manoa and, and uh, Simeon Woods Richardson during the spring makes me think that Double uh, A is a good place for them to start. They're definitely yeah. going to graduate this year. Uh, Martin and Groshans, it's weird because they play the same position, right? Um, but they're probably going to be teammates for a big chunk of the year. Um, Hashtag free Manoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, I want all these guys on the lineup like sooner than later, but it's not, I don't think this year is the answer. Uh, but for the pitchers, it's a little bit different. I think we'll see them in, when the roster expands. It's pretty juicy like, when you've got those four names potentially debuting as full-time big leaders like, as soon as next season. That's pretty scary yes. for a lot of other teams in the division. Think about how much better our rotation will be next year. We won't be roster. talking about Steven Matz. We're going to have roster no. decisions on like – on, on some bigger names next year. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> like, where's Biggio yeah. going to play? <laughs> oh, <Second> everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Second base yeah. when we don't sign Samin, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, Dan, where does Austin Martin play? Yeah, uh, center field. <laughs> <laughs> where's, where's George, George Springer, Springer play? play? Yeah, see, yeah. It, just, it just cascades. It's going to be a domino effect. Um, and that that was kind of my whole thing this, this offseason, where I was like, if you can get a Louis, Louis Castillo, with uh, one of those two guys, then maybe oh, you go yeah. ahead and do maybe it. Maybe you do. Um, yeah. But but I mean, it's there's never a bad thing of having waves of talent either. 
No. We've seen a lot of teams in recent memory, the, the Dodgers especially, build a lot of homegrown talent through the draft and, and free agent signings. Um, last question for today. Where do the Blue Jays end up this season? What will the record be? Do they make the playoffs, and how deep do they go? That's a multi-part question. Patrick, you go first. With this current lineup, assuming zero trades, uh, and then only internal promotion and demotion, uh, this is an 84 and 77 Blue Jays team. Uh, I'm not nearly as Morning, bullish. Morning, Brendan. Math. <laughs> what? 84, <laughs> 77, or no, 84 and 78. Sorry, 84 and 78. That's 84 funny. and 78. I said this before on the on the podcast, but I'm not nearly as bullish as Fangraphs or BRef on uh, the advanced statistics on this team. I don't think everybody performs uh, slightly better than what they're expected to. I see this current iteration as 84 wins. It might be a different story if Nate Pearson wasn't injured. Um, and I think they absolutely have to improve their rotation with some trades. And if they don't do that, 84 wins sounds pretty standard. No playoffs. No playoffs if, if they don't make trades. But like I said at the top of the show, we are going to be World Series champions because we are going to make that trade. <laughs> we're going to win 93 games, and then we're going to sweep the Yankees in the division, and then we're going to waltz into the uh, World Series against the Dodgers. Okay, I'll go first so that Hendo can wrap this up. But I think the Jays are going to win 90 games and maybe snag that second wild card spot. I think they win the play-in game with Ryu starting, and I don't see them getting out of the DS with the current roster. That's, that's my prediction. Hendo? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say eighty nine wins and I think that they will sneak one dollar bomb that second you know, that second wildcard spot, I think that's a chance. I think they got a really good chance. And the biggest reason I say that is because the American League kinda sucks. Yeah. Like you look at the at the <laughs> AL East and the starting rotations in that division, they're just garbage. Boston's Matt, is worse Matt than Hardy. ours. But everybody's worse than well, not everyone, but like Matt Harvey's got a rotation job at Baltimore. New York is two weeks away from having two starting pitchers that have healthy arms. I mean, um, the Rays traded away Snell and let go of Morton. Um, Cleveland blew up their team. I don't get why there's so few teams in the American League that want to win, but um, yeah. but that's the way it is. And so I, I think they're going to make the playoffs just just because they want to try and win and the rest of the teams, I don't know. Everyone's don't... tanking for those Vanderbilt pitchers. Well, and, and yeah, I guess maybe that's what it is. But, um, <laughs> you know, even even the White Sox, I mean, they're supposed to be kind of a exciting team. But then, you know, Jimenez is down for five, six months now uh, with the torn pectoral muscles. So, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. Um, but I, I think the Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs. And, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll say that they – you know, make make it the division series and lose out again to, to win, get through that play-in game. Lots of optimism here on Bathups and Maple Dips today. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the team, yes. When it comes to the record and the playoff scenarios, only Patrick has them winning the World Series. But that comes with a lot of moves. <laughs> Hendo, thanks as always for coming on. Uh, what do you want to plug this time? You know, we always give you a, a, a plenty of uh, stage to plug yourself. Oh, just, uh, you know, I've got a nice team of writers that are working, working with me these days. So check us out at jaysjournal.com. Uh, my Twitter account is uh, baseball4brains, but the four being the number. So baseball4brains. 
And uh, if you are a longtime reader of uh, Jay's Journal, or my co-editor, Clayton Richet, uh, just resigned this past week. We've been working together for four and a half years here kind of thing. So um, I'll give him a shout out too. Yeah, we'll, we'll miss his content for sure. Hopefully he uh, gets another writing gig for himself oh, here soon. Oh, I'm sure he will at some point. <laughs> well, thanks as always, Hendo. Uh, any, any shows coming up in the, the near future? Are you playing again? Um, good question, man. I just had two canceled yesterday. So yeah, um, the COVID I things think I have. Yeah, tough. it's ramped, ramped back up here. And, uh, you know, I'm hope, hopeful that by the time we get to closer to summer that we can start thinking about that. But right now, it's just, um, I'm just sort of sitting and waiting. And I, I had, I think, 63 canceled shows last year. So oh, man. My, my heart can't take that again. So I'm not oh. even bothering to book a whole bunch more <laughs> are you writing anything right now oh yeah yeah been doing a ton of writing and been doing uh, some recording and so I'm, i've got uh, i've got a single out to radio right now and i've got another one that we're just finishing up and gonna start uh, start some new stuff too so that's the beauty of technology now you can still do the the remote recording and that sort of yeah thing, so. for sure that's what we've been doing since we started this thing with Exactly. The, yeah. Here, the few the few right. thousand kilometer difference between Patrick and I. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to tell you guys that. <laughs> anyway, uh, always a pleasure to have you on. I've got it in my calendar, May twenty fourth, to see uh, uh, what's going on with the whole uh, <laughs> Stephen Matz thing. I have it. Yes. In my calendar, it says, "Is Matz good? Get talk to Hendo." <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully that triggers my memory to this. But uh, pleasure oh, as always. Uh, we'll have you back on again sometime soon, I hope. My pleasure, gents. Always, always fun chatting with you. That was Chris Henderson of Jay's Journal, who once again joined Patrick and I to share his thoughts on the 2021 Toronto Blue Jays. We love talking to that guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a gem to talk to. Remember, check his stuff out on Jay's Journal. Follow him at Baseball for Brains. And while you're at it, uh, keep putting in a good word from us with other Jays fans too. Always looking to expand our audience and guys like Hendo do a great job in helping us do so. Uh, our next segment coming up is going to be Patrick and I diving into some game recaps. As we noted during the Henderson interview, uh, we did not know about Francisco Liriano being uh, released until after we finished this segment. We were in the midst of it when the Jays did announce it. So. Uh, you will hear us referencing whether or not Liriano made the team. So just know that we are not idiots. We just hadn't received the news yet. And frankly, we're just way too damn lazy to go back and read at the footage. So uh, enjoy the next section. It's going to be us recapping the final handful of games from Blue Jays 2021 Grapefruit League action. All right, let's get into some game recaps. The Jays wrapped up spring training play today. So we're going to go through the last uh, handful of games that we missed since our last recording. Uh, first off, on the 25th, the Jays defeated or Jays tied the Tigers, excuse me, 3-3. I always want to say defeated because I look at the tie and I get weirded out by that. Uh, Steven Matz had his last outing of the spring, another strong performance. He went five and a third, gave up six hits, two earned runs, walked a couple, which were his first two walks of the spring, and struck out three. Uh, did not allow any home runs. Spring ERA rests at 176. Alec Manoa, uh, everyone's new favorite hype Ooh. prospect. Another two scoreless innings with four uh, with four strikeouts. His spring ERA, Patrick, zero. Um, Travis Bergen, also through two-thirds of an inning, struck out one. His ERA was sub two. Uh, David Phelps did blow the save. He gave up a run uh, in the ninth inning. 
It was a home run, a solo job. Struck out two batters, though. His ERA ended up at 150. He'll be a solid part in that bullpen. Again, solid from Mats. Another beauty from Manoa. Uh, Forrest Wall continued his good spring, and so did Logan Warmoth. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on that Tiger game? I mean, we should have won the game. We should have yeah. won this one. This is <laughs> yeah. a this was a win squandered. Not that these wins really they don't mean anything really. Well, they do. The games matter in that this is a chance for players to you know make their way onto a team if they're fringe. Um, and it does matter when we see someone like Alec Manoa go out there and pitch as effectively as he has. Unbelievable. I'm just yeah. I'm just shocked at what he's been able to, to do. I have full confidence that he'll get a promotion this year, go from double A AA to triple A uh, late in the year. Just so impressive. Everything he does uh, or he's done was terrific. Uh, Forrest Wall has definitely earned a triple A promotion. Uh, and I think Logan Warmoth has done the same. He's really Logan Warmoth has completely replenished his uh, his prospect stock. Uh, he's getting a little old to be a prospect, but that being said, very happy with his performance. I don't know if I'd say completely replenished, but definitely done a lot to build up some um, some organizational recognition. I guess you would say. Uh, the next day, Hunjin Ryu's final tune-up start against the Phillies. The Jays did win 6-5. to five. Ryu wasn't overly sharp on that one. He did give up eight hits, uh, three runs, walked one, struck out five. One of the runs was via the home run. One, one of the hits was a home run uh, over four innings. His spring ERA finished at 360. Again, in, in typical Ryu fashion, a lot of the hits given up were like weak dribbler ground balls that just found holes or soft line drives. The home run was the only hard hit ball he allowed that day. Um, not too worried about that guy. He'll be fine. Uh, Tyler Chatwood had his first rough outing of the spring. He threw two thirds of an inning, gave up three hits, walked one, two earned runs with only one strikeout, but his spring ERA is still at 235. Julian Merriweather coming back off of some back pain. Uh, he threw a scoreless inning, did walk one batter. Liriano allowed uh, a lot of couple hits, but walked or but struck out a batter. Tim Meza walked one, gave up a hit, but still managed to strand those two. His spring ERA is at zero. And Jewel Payamps. The Vagabond, he uh, his spring area also sits at zero. He walked one, gave up a hit, but struck out two. Uh, offensively, Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bravik Valera had home runs. Uh, Valera was two for two, but as Patrick notes here, way too late to make the show. Um, way too late. Patrick, we, we know now that Tim Mays is going to be on, on the team. Uh, we're still waiting for a word on Liriano, uh, whether he's going to snag one of those last spots, but uh, we can give Tim Meza some props. You you go talk about your boy for a second here. He did everything he needed to do during spring training to show that, uh, to to quote myself, as I said many times <laughs> on this podcast, Tim Meza is back. He's back. I am so happy. Is there anybody who, uh, aside from maybe Jonathan Davis, we, people were rooting for to make this team and to come back? After uh, a horrific injury that just blew a season, um, I'm just I'm so happy for him. Yeah, I love the fact that we're loading up that pen with with lefties. That's it's what you definitely need. Uh, definitely a guy you root for. I mean, if any yeah. Jays fans forgot about him, they know who he is now. They've rem- they re- they've remembered. They've been reminded. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have to say though, and I 
look, I get it. Ryu is our ace. He's a great pitcher. He's going to be top 10 Cy Young, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I didn't think he looked great to, er, uh, on this particular day. This was Saturday. Um, right. I don't know. I, I expect more from uh, from our ace, even if it is a, a game that, quote, doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> but he did toss the taco, which he doesn't do a lot. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs. No. Nah. Um, and, and Chatwood didn't look great either, but it was his first stumble of the spring. I'm very mm. interested in bullpen composition, uh, and we'll talk about this uh, again, probably ad nauseum throughout the season because there is going to be a, <laughs> a, a revolving door. We don't know definitively whether or not that last spot is going to be Merriweather or Liriano, or is there somebody else? We still don't know. And here it is, uh, Monday evening after the final game. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, I like your your point about bullpen composition. This is especially those last couple spots in the bullpen. It's yeah. going to be a revolving door this season. We'll see a lot of guys in and off the taxi squad, back and forth from AAA. Uh, as arms get tired, injured, we just need an extra uh, an extra guy to throw. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. how they how they manage those bottom two spots for sure. Okay, uh, the 27th, the Blue Jays were defeated by the New York Yankees 5-1. to one. Uh, Anthony Kay was really auditioning for a shot at the uh, final rotation spot in place of Robbie Ray, and he did not do a good job. He only lasted two and two-thirds innings, gave up seven hits, uh, two earned runs, two walks, only one strikeout, and did allow a home run. That popped his spring ERA up to 461. For a guy who started off the spring with a couple of strong outings, he really kind of fizzled out over the last uh, few appearances he made, and he'll definitely be a, a AAA guy. Although, if there are any more injuries in the rotation, he'll be one of the first guys given consideration for a spot start. Um, another guy battling for a roster spot, A.J. Cole. He threw an inning in the third of scoreless baseball. Uh, Anthony Castro in the same boat threw an inning of scoreless baseball with a couple strikeouts. Again, remember, we picked him up from the Tigers. His spring ERA at 108. Um, <laughs> there was really just no uh, no coming back from this one. The Jays were down early. Uh, by the end of the fourth inning, it was already 4-0 Yankees. Um, so there was, it, was, it was tough to come back. The Yankees started Garrett Cole. He looked really, really, really good, as, as he will on opening day. So it's going to be, anytime you see that guy on the mound, it's going to be tough. But Patrick, Anthony Kay, um, disappointing for, for me personally, but did you think that if he would have had a good outing here, he had a decent shot at grabbing that first uh, race start? No. No? No, I think by that time they were, it was down to either uh, Merriweather or Zoik. Merriweather? He hadn't even pitched at all. As an opener. As an opener. Okay, okay. Um. Yeah, I mean Anthony K. I don't see he didn't do enough during spring training to convince no. me that he was ready for that that responsibility. Uh, again, he's still a prospect. He's still relatively young. Uh, the runway is starting to get shorter for him, but he's proven he is a competent pitcher. So we will see him as a Blue Jay uh, later on in the season, uh, most likely when someone gets hurt because they always do. That's how the game works. I think really this game was supposed to be an opportunity for uh, any of these pitchers that pitched to uh, show something. Right. Uh, Castro and Cole were fine. 
Uh, I don't think Cole did enough to make this team. That's just my opinion. Uh, I'd rather have Castro uh, on the team, but again, I'm not Charlie Montoya. He's the one who kind of <laughs> makes the call uh, as far as what the lineups go uh, and what the roster looks like. So, I mean, yeah, they're... This one was over, you know, two or three innings in, so I don't know. Yeah, on to the next we had, one. We, yeah, fuck it. We're, <laughs> we had to face Garrett Cole. Who cares? For the second time in the week, on the 28th, the Blue Jays had another tie game. They tied the Detroit Tigers <laughs> 4-4, uh, further proving that these two teams are just evenly matched because they tied them 3-3 a few days earlier. Uh, <laughs> Ross Stripling made a nice start. He went five and two-thirds. Allowed yeah. only four hits, only gave up one run, and struck out two without walking a batter. Uh, Ryan Barucki made his return to the bullpen. He had been battling a hamstring issue that nobody really knew about, so he had been working on the backfields for about a week and a half. I didn't even notice he hadn't been in any games, but he pitched an inning in the third, walked one, struck out one, and gave up a hit. His spring ERA, for those concerned, finished at 169. Uh, David Phelps, just like Tyler Chatwood above, had his first rough outing of the spring. He allowed three hits and gave up a home run and allowed three earned runs in his outing. Uh, Tim Meza, we just talked about him. He had another clean inning, so uh, he went ahead and and really just locked down that, that bullpen spot with a, with a strikeout in that clean inning of work. Um, chicken strip, Patrick, good start from him. Yes, no walks. Uh, exhibited, you know, uh, a lot of control. His curveball looked great. Yeah, he's... He's uh, a hell of a lot better than what he was last year from what we've seen so far. And the fact that he's been able to stretch out like this, I have a lot more confidence with him being a part of the rotation. I still, if it were my team, I would not have him in the rotation. I would have Trent Thornton, but it's really doesn't matter because Thornton's still going to get his innings. But man, if, if, anyway. if Strip can give you nearly six innings of one run ball every five games and turn it over for three and a third innings to our, to our back end bullpen, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. You're going to win a lot of baseball games. That's why like, I'm, I'm, I feel a lot more confident in stripling than I would anybody after. Uh, who's our number six? I guess it's Zoic. Everybody after Zoic, yeah, except maybe Trent Thornton. But again, they they've established that he is our long reliever. He's a long man. He he will get at least a hundred innings this year because uh, it's a full hundred and sixty two game season. Yeah, and he will get spot starts. So like I'm, Stripling and Thornton's innings uh, inning counts will be very similar. I think by the end of the year, they'll they'll flip back and forth between that role. Um, okay. But sh- Stripling, Stripling is the number five guy. Like I'm okay with it. He's done everything to sort of earn the position. Uh, David Phelps, I I don't know, man. I don't. Do we give him a roster spot? I think is we. That... I think he's guaranteed a, as a major league contract, so we kind of have to. Mm. So Frankie Liriano is on his way out. That sucks. I uh, it could be. That. Yeah, it depends on really what happens with these with his uh, IL spots. We'll see if anybody goes on that. We could have a couple spots that open up, but it's, it does seem to me anyway that uh, um, that he's not going to be on the roster. That's what I would suspect. Especially with Meza making the the bullpen, we would have a lot of lefties, which I mean I like, but <laughs> it's tough to say. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know, I don't see, 
I don't see Phelps as being good enough. Yeah. Given the fact that we have young arms that need MLB experience and like, I don't know, like I've said this before with younger guys, like I, I want to see the Baruckies and the Thorntons uh, pitch not the most difficult innings. I'd rather the vets do that, but I want to see them get meet like meaningful innings because no, yeah. not every we're not going to see a lot of quality starts from this Jays rotation. We we only saw one last year, <laughs> one. Oh man, <laughs> at a sixty. Yeah, um, we won't make the playoffs if that's the case this year. Uh, no. If that happens again, we need quality starts, and we need at least 60% of our rotation to be able to do it regularly. Otherwise we're fucked because our bullpen is good, but it's, it's not good enough to bail out the team. Four you know. games out of five kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't, I'd rather as somebody else in that position than Phelps, you know, who impressed me during spring training. I know this is insane. This is like, this is a 40 IQ play right here. All right. <laughs> Simeon Woods Richardson. <laughs> we did it with – no, listen, listen, listen. We did it with, with Aaron Sanchez, and we did it a little tiny bit with Nate Pearson after he got shelled yeah. uh, when he first started as a starter. Build up these guys' confidence and then stretch them out. He's only 20, and the kid can throw. I'd rather take a chance on him than, than Phelps, who we've seen him before. He's been around a long time. He's supposed to inspire confidence, and we just didn't get it. So. No, I'm with you. And, I mean, after this game, we, we learned that uh, that Jonathan Davis was going to be on that opening day roster. So that was that was cool. Um, his first yeah. opening day roster, Patrick, in his big league career. First time he's broke camp with the team. So good for him. Uh, it did yeah. take George Springer's injury to likely earn him that spot. But he did earn it this spring with his play. This is not a courtesy opening day spot. This is a reward for Jonathan Davis having an, an excellent spring training. Um, in the final spring training tune-up today, uh, it didn't look great at the beginning. The Jays were getting a little bit shelled by the Phillies. Uh, Zoik gave up five runs over three innings, only struck out yeah. one and walked one on nine hits. My problem with Zoik is he doesn't have a strikeout pitch. He does not have a, way, doesn't, doesn't have a put-away pitch at all. If the sinker is bad, guys are going to sit on it, and, there's, and they teed off on him today. Uh, no home runs allowed, though, which is a positive. But um, even though the team what was down 6-2 uh, to two after four innings, they decided that they were going to come back today. Uh, in the top of the seventh inning, the, the Phillies got two outs like relatively quickly ending, and the Jays' prospects who were in the game, uh, and Jonathan Davis at that time, decided they were going to hang a nine spot on the Phillies and bat around and send 15 <laughs> batters to the plate. Um, I had the game on just kind of in the background on my side screen while I was working and I was I kept looking back and there was more runs in and I was like oh my gosh so I looked at the box score um, a home run from Arelvis Martinez a home run from Santiago Espinal um, some hit batters some walks Forrest Wall with a double I believe as well too so it, it was uh, just a really good inning from a lot of the young prospects who obviously aren't going to make the team only guy that was in that inning was Jonathan Davis who's actually going to play uh, for the big league club like right away so it's pretty cool to see a lot of those kids tee off on some on some pretty good pitching uh, and, and make the Jays come back for a 13-7 to win they had 18 hits in the game which was nice to see 
Uh, Jordan Romano ended up picking up the win. He actually gave up a home run in his only inning of work, but did strike mm-hmm. out two. Um, Trent Thornton had two great innings. He didn't allow a base runner and struck out four. Uh, other good inning from Julian Merriweather. He did walk one, but struck out one as well. And Anthony Castro gave up a solo shot, but got through his inning otherwise. His spring year away finished at 193. It's going to be interesting to see what the Jays do to be able to try and keep him around. But overall, it's a, it was a slugfest in the spring. The The prospects went out with a the bang. They'll all head to the alternate training site uh, on the backfields of Dunedin's complex. Uh, while the Jays will stay in Dunedin as well. Or they're actually going to go to New York in a couple of days to play the Yankees, but they're going to be there as well for their home base. Uh, Patrick, what were your thoughts from the uh, the final spring training tune-up today? What a wild one. <laughs> what a wild, Yeah, that's, that's one way to game. put it. Yeah. No, you love to see it when your prospects hit. The more hits they get, the more likely it is you win the baseball game. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is deep. This is deep intellectual insight for me. Uh, no, to be honest with you, like, look, if I'm going to criticize Ryu for, for a bad start, I, I'll do the same for Zoik. Um, this game looked like it was over by the yeah. fourth inning. Um, we're not going to be able to put up a nine spot very often during the no. regular season. So if we're going to win baseball games, we need our pitching to be sharper. Um, the last, like, 10 games, I think we're 6-2-2. Two, and two. So I know, again, spring training, blah, 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 not meaningful games. But <laughs> there's a lot of positive momentum for this team, and the hitters have been able to bail out a lot of poor performances. Um, Zoic got hammered all around the ballpark. He's lucky that, you know, he didn't give up 10 earned runs. Yeah, uh, but he didn't, and he didn't concede any home runs, which is nice. Um, and Romano made his first mistake, really, of of spring training. So, look at the positives, though. Look at Trent Thornton. Trent Thornton looks like a a, a sharp, dangerous pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, not for nothing, but like I'm pretty sure that I I called that. Did I not? Did I not I mean, say Trent you've been on the back? Trent Thornton hype train for like three years now, so probably from at the some beginning. Point. <laughs> he earned it, though. He earned it. He earned his way as a starter. He was put in an impossible situation where he was on a rotation with fucking Edwin Jackson, uh, with with an ERA of like fourteen or whatever it was. It was ridiculous. <laughs> he had no yeah. choice. He went out there and he pitched very competently against uh, a or with a Jays team that had the worst defense and the one of the worst offenses. And he still managed to go, what, six and nine? I don't and know, something an, like it, that. It was an ERA, hovered around five, but his FIP was in the fours. He was fine. and He was, he was a rookie a young, in a tough situation. In, an impossible situation, and he looked great. And now that he's coming off, you know, uh, a tough year, having an injury and all that, he has looked fantastic. Jays fans need to be excited about these guys who are all in their mid-20s who aren't prospects anymore uh, because these guys are going to be good. Trent Thornton is going to be good. TJ Zoic is going to be fine. Maybe not as good as Thornton. Ryan Barucki. Look at Ryan Barucki. Look at what he's done. He went from being a hopeful starter that we are all excited about, and now he's he's a, a swing man that teams just can't get anything off of. They can't hit off of him. This is a good team, man. This is a good pen. 
Yeah, and that pen is going to be relied on heavily as the Blue Jays uh, look to get off to a good start against the Yankees in the Bronx. Uh, for Patrick, out in Halifax. For Chris Henderson in Wilcox, Saskatchewan, it's Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon saying see you next time.